0: the fantasy football fathers podcast where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests my name is trey stinky fingers jose aka the only actual father on this podcast and i am joined here today by my co-host tyler big herbie Herbach. what's up and today we're gonna to be talking about the week six uh our starts and sets of week six the late games will so be the afternoon games and monday night football And before we get into that, um, oh, we're also going to talk about our starts of the week. Can't forget about that. Starts of the week, which is probably the best part of the episode. But before we get into all that, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers, wherever you're listening to us. Make sure you like and subscribe and give us a five-star rating just because you're a nice person and you do things like that. (laughs) Um, But before we get into our starts and sits for these games and our starts of the week, the Thursday night football game just ended, so we're going to talk about that for a second, even though you probably don't want to hear about that horrible shit show of a game. The uh, Commanders played the Bears, and they won twelve to seven. Fantasy wise, not much really happened. Um, I mean, Justin Fields had eighteen point four points. David Montgomery put up a bit of a dud, eight and a half points, only sixty seven yards with a catch. Receiving-wise, Dante Pettis had 16 four points because he had a touchdown. No one would have guessed that. Darnell Mooney had 10 points, which is kind of nice to see. He's still getting involved. Seven catches, 12 targets, 68 yards. Defenses did pretty good. Commanders had 13 points. Bears had eight points. And really for the commander side of the ball, the only person worth talking about is Brian Robinson, who's like the darling of the week. So now that I ran through all those horrible fantasy stats and the disappointment that we all have, in this game, do you have any things you want to bring up about this game, Tyler?
1: um I mean, there's a couple little things I guess uh I should you know note that if you guys listened to the episode recorded last night, hopefully you heard listened to it today, I did throw in that Brian Robinson wasn't gonna be my start of the week at running back um and normally those are announced tonight, so I just had to throw it in there. He had an okay game, you know sixty yards and a touchdown, so um not not a top tier performance, I really would have expected him to have a lot more. Uh, yardage against this team but I, the team as a whole did have 128 yards so maybe if they had a couple more carries in their form it could you know help out his night um but i'm with you about Darnell Mooney finally having like a decent game um seven catches for 68 yards is something that i'll take and hopefully that's something they can build upon because the bears haven't been throwing the ball at all um and with it being said the last 3 games Justin Fields's uh passing attempts have gone up each game or just about, like, the first three weeks of the season, he had 17, 11, and 17 attempts. In the last three, though, it's 22, 21, and 27. So, they're starting to throw the ball more. Hopefully, that means that we can have someone like a Darnell Mooney, you know, start to break out in this offense and become fantasy-relevant again, like he was all of last season. So, I'm not really sure what's going on for him this year, but hopefully, this is a good building point.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Dante Pettis doesn't catch that touchdown, Darnell Mooney's the leading receiver. And while you brought up Justin, uh, Justin Fields, he's starting to flirt with 200 yards, which isn't impressive, but it's way better than the hundred yards that he was producing <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And he, he had 18.4 points, 88 yards in the ground. We talked about it plenty of times. If you got a quarterback that's running the ball and gets 80 yards in the ground, that's going to put him in starting territory, even if they're pretty bad. So for sure. are we are we going to start talking about Justin Fields? Maybe <laughs> being start worthy. That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird. I mean it, we didn't really get much of that last year. Last year he had you know some stretches where he was decent, and because of the rushing upside, it helped a lot. And maybe we'll get to to that point. Maybe it's you know it's a new offense again, um. So that could be you know hurting him some, and hopefully again, I just want to see this team build on something, just anything. Because right now they have nothing. You had David Montgomery and no one else. Um, obviously Montgomery put up a bit of a day, um, but you know, that it is what it is. The commanders do have a very good front four. So that probably led to a lot of that.
0: Yeah. And lack of red zone opportunities. I mean, he's a touchdown away from, you know, having 14 points, which is very yeah. solid, especially in this landscape for running backs. What about Antonio Gibson? <laughs> he, uh, I think Rivera pulled the Houdini on us, but put but the, the, what's the, what's the word for that? Put the wool over our eyes. I don't know. Either way, he lied to us, uh, Gibson had five carries for 35 yards, and he had four targets, caught three of them. So he actually was pretty involved.
1: I mean, I don't know if that constitutes pretty involved. I mean, I guess, you know, four four touches is pretty damn good. Or he had eight touches total. He had caught three of the balls. But yeah, I think it, they're probably still just, you know, working Robinson back in a little bit more. Um, I still would not have Antonio Gibson anywhere near my starting lineup. And if I could, I would. Ha- not have him on my roster
0: oh yeah i'm not saying that i'm just saying you know he thought he said that Tony gibson was going to be returning kicks so i assumed he's not even going to be in the backfield at all so yeah definitely he's not starting nowhere fuck all that <laughs> but you know, yeah, we Brian should... Robinson we had 17 carries so that's solid that's start worthy every week like we said Absolutely, it's going to happen
1: absolutely yeah you know, we didn't even mention that like mooney's stat line could be much better if he gets ruled on a touchdown instead of being stopped at the one yard line on the final play of the game. So Mooney was, you know, half a yard away from having a very good fancy night.
0: Yep, exactly. And if the bears can get in the red zone more, hopefully him and Montgomery will be worthy for us. Montgomery has been worthy, but you know, like I would like to see Darnell Mooney be worthy of putting in my starting lineup. So Hopefully we yeah, I mean, he was all last
1: year. I'm surprised that it's been that bad. Then then again, we did mention that not that Allen Robinson seems to be a massive loss. It was another guy you had to kind of, you know, look after at the very least and help Darnell Mooney, you know, open the field a little more. And right now he has no one else across me as Dante Pettis, which is playing on like his sixth team in six years. And then you have Nikhil uh, Harry, who doesn't even deserve to be in the league at this point. So. I mean, there's no one else in this <laughs> offense. Like, someone, like, they need to bring in somebody to help take some of the pressure off of Mooney because he clearly isn't good enough to be the number one guy uh, for this offense. You're
0: just killing the kill, but that's, it's worthy, definitely worthy of saying. Um, I think that pretty much wraps that up. Should we just move on from this little dud of a game? Yeah, honestly, I think we've talked about a lot longer than I expected us to. You got me rambling. I mean, there's some worthy things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who cares? It is good stuff. Uh, yeah, shout out Brian Robinson. We needed him. He came through, and the sky's the limit with this guy. So, shout out to him, even though he's not going to hear this. So, all right, let's. <laughs> you don't uh, know that. <laughs> you might. That would be awesome, Brian Robinson. If you hear this, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. But. <laughs> <laughs> So before we start talking about these games, uh, the late games on Sunday uh, night and Sunday afternoon, Sunday night and Monday night, just want to remind everyone you got bye weeks this week. Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, the Raiders and the Tennessee Titans are all on bye. So you got to keep that in mind. You probably know by now, but if you got those guys in your lineup, just get them out of there, especially if you're busy on the weekend. All right. So the first of the late games we're going to be talking about on Sunday is going to be the Panthers in L.A. playing the Rams, the Rams are 10.5-point favorites. The over-under is 41 points, rightfully so. Panthers are starting P.J. Walker, which I personally like P.J. Walker, but, I mean, you shouldn't expect him to do anything great. He should be fun to watch, though. So, um P.J. Walker is the most likely starter, even though they haven't ruled out Baker Mayfield, but I think we all know the writing on the wall here. Matt Rule was just fired. That's pretty big news that I think we haven't really touched on that much in this podcast, but... um. Yeah, Matt Rule's out of there. Nobody's surprised. So what what should we expect from this offense with PJ Walker at quarterback? Mainly what should we expect from Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore?
1: Um, I would expect absolutely nothing from this offense outside of CMC. Uh this isn't you know PJ Walker's first first go around. Um he's come in and played a few different times last year, this season before that as well. And his best outing in those starts is 11 points.
0: Ouch. Yeah. yeah, that that really sucks. He is a threat on the ground, but obviously he hasn't really unlocked that yet. Maybe whoever's coaching the Panthers this week will let him. <laughs> he doesn't have that stat unlocked yet.
1: He's got to go farther than the game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's got to get a little bit more prestige points or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's called these days. I haven't, I haven't played those games in a while.
1: Yeah, whatever the kids
0: are doing to unlock these step, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, unlock that shit because he he it definitely is a threat on the ground if he gets unlocked, as I said before. And I <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I, I would agree though. Yeah, CMC or bust on this team. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if DJ Moore has a decent game between him and Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore is like the person I would rather put my money on to actually do something decent because he is he's more of a threat, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage and PJ Walker or really just any kind of backup quarterback tends to stick closer to the line of scrimmage with their passes. So would you put DJ Moore in your lineup? Uh, If I was in a two flex league. I would probably have to do it, yeah. Okay. Take I might that give that just cuz
1: of the double flex, but It's still dicey, man. He's done all of nothing.
0: I know, but now it's a change of quarterback, change at head coach. It's it could work in his favor. It's a long shot, but you know, it's it's a different landscape for him now, completely different as far as he's concerned. Yeah. So yeah. Let's talk about the Ram side of the ball, though. Yeah, well, I, got, I got a question to
1: pose here for you, actually. So oh, since, yeah, pose it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point in the season, is Tyler's Higby undeniable?
0: God, you're just going to throw that at me?
1: Yeah, I
0: am. <laughs> I mean, okay. look at
1: what he's done so far in the year. Look at these targets.
0: Yeah, it's it's honestly insane to, to see all these targets that he has. What is it? He's got 48 targets over 48 five targets. games now. It's the mo- he's the
1: most targeted tight end in the league and the 10th most targeted player period in the league. Like that kind of, you know, just usage is insane for a tight end. He's up there with the Kelseys and the Mark Andrews. Um obviously he's not doing quite as much with that. Um but he's still being productive. He's the number 6 tight end on the on the season. So like At this point, Hickby should be started every week, right?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a great question because he really is. He's undeniable. He's playing almost every single snap of this offense, and he's getting all those targets. If you're not starting him and you have him on your team, you're just not paying attention.
1: You've made the Tylers very happy.
0: (laughs) I'm glad I could do that. Oh, man. That's a good point, though. He, so he's the second undeniable player this year. Besides, yeah, we uh, haven't had who many. It, who, I think it, who said was, it was last it, I week. said last episode. It was it Geno Smith.
1: I think you did. You might have, got, might have been a bit yeah. of a stretch on that one, but I think that's, that's who you're talking about. But
0: that's okay. Nah, they're undeniable. So Geno Smith and Tyler Higby, undeniable at this point <laughs> in the season. God. Yeah, you
1: couldn't predict that one at the beginning of the year.
0: What a weird year. Um, So besides, you know, Tyler Higby, obviously Cooper Cup is a must start. Is there anyone else we're messing with on this offense? What about the running back situation?
1: No. That running back situation is so volatile. You have no idea which way they're going to go. At this point, I mean, it's been so bad. I know neither one is playing all that well. I've barely even looked at them, if I'm going to be completely honest.
0: Yeah, they're um, not doing very well.
1: Cam Akers, 31% last week in terms of his snap percentage. And you had Daryl Henderson only at 57. So, like, they're using three backs at this point because neither one of them are doing all that good. Um, I mean, it's just you can't even think about starting either one of them. You really can't.
0: Yeah, and that just says it perfectly. Neither of them are even in the top 40 right now, which is crazy because before the season started, we thought maybe both these guys would be flirting with being in your lineup and at this point you just can't even mess with him. and Matthew Stafford is just hot garbage I don't know if you watch the Rams play here I'm not touching him at all I don't even think about him anymore
1: yeah I mean you're not gonna do him even this week against Carolina
0: no I'm not I I, I just can't do it man he, he's thrown four touchdowns in five games or five touchdowns in five games and he's thrown more picks yeah He has seven picks on the year. It's crazy. And he's getting almost 40 attempts a game. Yeah, well, because they're running the ball so
1: damn poorly. So they're just throwing the ball all over the place, but they're not doing anything with it. It's pretty awful to watch.
0: I would maybe start him in a two-quarterback league. He's doing so bad. I would consider maybe throwing P.J. Walker in instead. Fuck it.
1: Okay, I'm not going that far.
0: <laughs> oh, at least we don't. At least we don't know that PJ Walker is just being horrible every week. I was, I was probably I mean, reaching on that, but that's how much I don't like him. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I just wanted to drive that home. So yeah, let's move on to um, the Buffalo Bills playing in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Bills are two and a half point favorites. Over unders fifty four points, probably the biggest or the highest over under on the week. Rightfully so. Um, on the Bills side of the ball, Gabe Davis, you know, he had a huge week last week against the Steelers. You think he keeps that up against the Chiefs? I think he definitely does.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree. The Chiefs defense isn't great. Um, this is obviously going to be a shootout just like it was the last couple times the teams have played. I will have to just not about fans here. The NFL is doing fans an injustice by not putting this game in prime time. This is ridiculous. Why are they playing an afternoon game? This should be this is gonna be one of the biggest games of the year. They should have all eyes on it. I don't understand why they're not, you know, in Sunday Sunday night football or Monday night football. It doesn't make any damn sense.
0: Well, to be fair, there's only going to be three games in the afternoon before the Sunday night football game. And it's you're either watching the Bills and the Chiefs, you're watching the Panthers and the Rams, which is gonna be probably not very fun to watch at all. Or the Cardinals playing the Seahawks, which will probably be a pretty good game, division game. But I think everyone's going to be watching this game anyway, so it's kind of prime time in a way. I mean, the
1: here's the problem: the the two games that are in prime time this week are the Cowboys and Eagles, and Broncos and Chargers. They're division opponents. They're going to play each other again. They could have put those games in Sunday night or Monday football later in the season when they play again. We're only going to get this game once, and they're probably not going to play again for a few years because of the way the scheduling works. So, like. Take advantage of the opportunity you have. You have the two biggest stars in the NFL right now, and and uh, Pat, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen going at it. Like this is you know reminiscence of the back in the day when you had like uh, you know Marino playing Elway. Like they should let these young guns shine un- under the lights. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: For all you young cats out out there, Marino played quarterback <laughs> for the Dolphins. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw that way back.
1: Yep. But that's that's just how I feel. I, I it's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. And Roger Goodell, if you're listening, follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, <laughs> and, <take, laughs> and take Tyler's advice. Someone,
1: um, someone, take a clip of this that that whole rant and just send it directly to him.
0: Yeah, directly to his email because we all have access to his personal email. Just do that.
1: You could tag him on. You could tag him on Twitter.
0: Oh fuck, these old guys on Twitter. Anyways, I'm not even going to get started on these old people on Twitter. So, I think that's a good game that you could really start. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is starting for you. Uh, Gabe Davis should be starting for you. And I think you could also start Isaiah McKenzie. He should be back from clearing concussion protocols. We've talked about him quite a bit. He basically scores a touchdown every week that he plays. He only missed a touchdown on one week. His usage isn't really high, but he scores touchdowns. And when he was out, Khalil... what's his yeah 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 Khalil Shakir he um he scored the touchdown in place of Isaiah McKenzie so the wide receiver three on this team is always scoring a touchdown so do you agree with what I'm saying
1: yeah absolutely I think McKenzie is a a pretty good flex play this week um knowing this game is going to be high scoring there's a pretty good chance he he scores one of them because the chances of Gabe Davis scoring four touchdowns against the Chiefs again is very slim
0: you know what's undeniable is the wide receiver three for the Bills scoring touchdown. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Um, so, the Chiefs side of the ball. I mean, are we really going to start Patrick Mahomes? I, I'm kidding. It's so obviously <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That's just the the Raider in me. Fuck the Chiefs. But you, you, they're undeniable. Pat Mahomes, Travis uh, Kelsey. I mean,
1: they're, you clearly got to downgrade them to, to the second tier this week of you know, QB2. Kelsey's gonna be a tight end too this week, uh clearly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're struggling, you could throw these guys in your lineup. That's definitely a thing. <laughs> so, um, obviously, besides those guys, what about Clyde? Uh, he, not against Clyde Edwards. Not against his
1: defense. Nah. Defense is too yeah, strong. Yeah, very man. strong defense.
0: I mean, okay. I, I know that's
1: I know that seems weird seeing we're just talking about how this game's probably gonna be a shootout, but that's good for you know, pass catchers and not the running backs. Um and in terms of the other receivers, I know you're going to ask. I'm sure one of them has a good game. I'm sure there's going to be somebody between Juju, Michael Hardman, um, and maybe a Skymore has a breakout game. I'm sure one of them will have a good game and you're like, damn, I wish we would have played them, but don't play those odds. Like only one of them is going to have a good game. Not all three. I don't like those odds. It's just, I just wouldn't go near it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And it's, and we saw last week, Travis Kelsey got all the red zone targets, got four fucking touchdowns.
1: <laughs> 25 Just yards and four touchdowns.
0: <laughs> insane. I'm not going to revisit those horrible memories. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up that game. Let's talk about this NFC West division rivalry. The Arizona Cardinals are going to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Cardinals are three-point favorites. Oh, 50 points. Well, 50 and a half points. That is pretty damn high. I what guess it's not surprising because, yeah, right? You got some poor defense. And the Seahawks are a very high-scoring offense right now. Obviously, the Cardinals are a pretty explosive offense. On the Cardinals' side of the ball, though, James Conner is out. Yep. Is that what's happening? I'm getting some live updates here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sorry, so I'm like out. updating
1: as we go. He's updated <laughs> today. He is out. You know, Benjamin will be getting the start.
0: Yeah, so he's out. You know, Benjamin's starting. If you're one of those guys that went in on Eno Benjamin during the waiver wire period, good for you. You probably feel like a champion. If you're someone like me who's seen Eno Benjamin do anything, anytime he's had the opportunity to start for the Cardinals, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, don't get your hopes up. And if you look at James Conner's stats before he went down, James Conner's been putting up duds. If you think Eno Benjamin's going to do better than that, I mean, good luck to you. Am I wrong here? Um. I'm only saying you're wrong
1: because they're playing the Seahawks. and
0: Yeah, they are one of the worst rush defenses, right?
1: I mean, they're just one of the worst defenses in general in all, in all as, uh, facets of the game. Rush, pass, uh, pass rushing, tackling. Uh, yeah, you know, they're just bad overall. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, Benjamin's going to get his this week. Uh, it's just you're playing the Seahawks, and you do good against the Seahawks because they're the Seahawks. And that's my, you know, high, highly, like, my worthy analysis is Seahawks bad play against Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, anytime there's someone who has a majority share in a backfield, you have to start them. But I'm just going to say, don't get your hopes up and don't be surprised if, you know, Benjamin puts up the same or worse numbers than James Conner's been doing. But uh, what about the receivers then? Because this should be a high scoring game. Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown, obvious must start. That's no question. Rondo Moore, his name's been floated around a lot in the last week or so. Been getting um, more usage. He didn't play the first three weeks of the of the season, but the last two weeks he played 90% of the snaps. Last week he had eight targets, seven catches, 68 yards. Looks to be the number three option behind Marquise, Hollywood Brown, and Zach Ertz, who is also a must start. What about Rondo Moore? Uh, they're still playing the Seahawks? Uh let me check. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> I think you can play Ron Delmore. <laughs> he I think he should be a solid flex play this week. Uh again, place against Seahawks. So, that's all you really need to know.
0: <laughs> I love how it's so simple. They are horrible. Just start. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on the Seahawks side of the ball, like we said earlier Geno Smith, pretty much undeniable. You're going to start him if you got him, right?
1: I mean, if you got him, you got him off the waiver wire in probably like week three or four. So I don't know if you have to start him based off of, you know, your other quarterback. But, I mean, you might as well. I mean, you know, the Arizona's defense hasn't been very good this year either. So I'm sure he'll have a good game. Uh, he's surprisingly on a, a tear enough,
0: right now. What? He's on a tear right now.
1: He he is. I mean, he's he's killing it. Surprisingly, they're giving up a bunch of points to quarterbacks and not very many points to wide receivers, uh, which seems like a weird correlation. So, I mean, that means they're giving up a lot of things to tight ends and out of the backfield. Um, not sure what that means for DK and Tyler, personally. Um, but I think that still gives Geno a pretty safe floor this week.
0: Yep, and that's what he does have, is a safe floor. So, let's talk about the receivers, then, while we're talking about it here. You know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You were touching on it, I believe, on our last episode, or maybe on our our waiver wire episode, that you were wrong. You thought DK Metcalf would be the more dominant receiver fantasy wise, and right now it's Tyler Lockett.
1: Well, I mean, they've been pretty even in the last few weeks, really. Um, I know Tyler Lockett ended up on the uh, injury report in in practice this week with a hamstring injury, and he's questionable play. I think they kind of expected to happen. For him to play, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But I mean, both him and DK are putting up really good numbers. I mean, you have Tyler Lockett as the eighth overall receiver and half point PPR, and DK's at at number 20. So both guys are putting up numbers. And as long as Gino's still doing his thing, then both should be easy plays.
0: Yeah, I agree there. I like to see me some Tyler Lockett doing good. He's always been a sneaky fantasy play. I'm glad yep. Gino starting at quarterback didn't really bring him down.
1: What about you, know, your boy and Kenny Walker? Uh, yeah, oh well, my we'll it. it doesn't make sense, like how he's a sneaky play. He in four season, last four season, he has not finished below wide receiver seventeen. Like, why everyone just assumes he's going to continue to like be like he's going to play poorly the next year out of nowhere? Like, he clearly knows what he's out here doing. Like, put some respect on his name at this point. God damn.
0: Him and Kirk Cousins should become friends because the same thing, (laughs) he's the Kirk Cousins of receivers.
1: Just, I mean, honestly, like you could make probably a pretty solid team of undervalued fantasy players, and they would both be starters on that team.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, let's talk about Kenny Walker. You know, Rashad Penny, he's out for the season. You should know this by now, unless you live under a rock. And last week, he had eight rushes, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't get any receiving work. Played about 60% of the snaps. We're starting Kenneth Walker, right?
1: I mean, you have to. We talked about it, you know, on the waiver wire that this is going to be a very popular ad. Obviously, the most popular ad uh, of of the week for sure, if not the season. And he's going to get his. Obviously, you're going to get a little bit of DJ Dallas in there getting some stuff, but not enough to, you know, have you worry about what Kenneth Walker is going to do Kenneth Walker barring injury should be locked into your lineup for the rest of the season
0: oh yeah definitely and I'm really glad I got him in a few leagues it's crazy because him and Rashad are going around the same time everyone assumed Rashad Penny was going to get injured at one point in the season and unfortunately everyone was right
1: yeah at least this time it wasn't like a soft tissue injury so like you couldn't predict that you know, he was going to break a, break a bone. Those are a little harder to, to come across. They're more of a fluky thing.
0: Yep, and his contract's up, so he's kind of fucked for next year. He's not going to get as much shown, as he should.
1: I mean, not that this has anything to do with fancy, but he's shown enough talent that someone's going to give him a chance. Like It's too hard to like not put on his tape when he's healthy and not be like, damn.
0: Oh, yeah. The only reason I bring that up is because he's going to hit the free agent market, go to another team. And more than likely, he's just going to end up in another in a committee, which yeah. it's like, well, R.I.P. to Rashad Penny and the little bit of time we had to enjoy him. <laughs> so let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys playing in Philadelphia against the Eagles. The Eagles are six point favorites over unders 42 points. This is a Sunday night football game. Another division rivalry matchup. Cooper Cup, he's gonna Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper Rush <laughs> is gonna make his fifth start of the season. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. I don't know if you know that. He has not thrown an interception.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, he he's been playing winning football. Not necessarily winning you anything in fantasy though. His fantasy, uh, his fantasy scores are not anything to really look at. What so? What about this team? Zeke's been putting up dub or just straight up duds. Is there anyone that's not named CD Lamb that you're going to start?
1: I don't think you can. I mean, I've I had Zeke in a couple of leagues this year and I've found ways to keep him out of my lineup. Um he just isn't playing very well and it's I don't think you can trust him. I know Tony <clears throat> if you wanted to play someone between him and Zeke, Tony Pollard and Zeke, I would lean towards Tony Pollard because he gives you the upside of having that explosive play. But at best he's a low end flex.
0: Yeah, very, very low end. Let me throw this one at you. I've been considering trading Zeke for Kenneth Walker, straight up. I do that all day. Yeah, I didn't bring that up in our last episode. That's because uh, Jimbo, James Dreer, our other co-host, is uh, not with us right now. And I guess I forgot to bring that up in the beginning of the episode. My bad. (laughs) If you haven't noticed by now, uh, he's not here. (laughs) Yeah, like the different voice talking this whole time, um, but yeah, he's the person who has Kenneth Walker in the league that I want to trade him Zeke for. He probably won't bite on it, but I was considering it, and I'm like, oh. am I crazy? I'm just going to trade Zeke. He's like my third round pick, but I, I no, I, I mean, have to.
1: I thought you meant like someone like was like contemplating that trade for you, now that you were just going to throw it out there and see if someone would take it.
0: I'm going to literally send him that trade offer probably after this podcast. Bro, he's kind of so fast. <laughs> I'll sweeten the deal. It is a keeper league. And next year, Kenneth Walker will be the 10th round keeper mm-hmm. and he's not going to keep Zeke in the third round, most likely. So yeah, that's a good point. Whatever. Can't make shots if you don't shoot them. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Walker is way more valuable as the season goes on. So yeah, nobody but CD right on the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. See your best.
0: All right. Um, so on the Eagle side of the ball, you know They're going up against a pretty strong Cowboys defense that's pretty good at all three levels, and just more or less shutting down all positions fantasy-wise. They're not really letting teams score a lot of fantasy points against them. Are you concerned with any of these starters on the Eagles not putting up the points that they have been putting up? You know, Jalen Hurts, I think I'm just going to start him anyways. I know the Cowboys are pretty good, but he's going to get some rushing touchdowns, hopefully, or a rushing touchdown. What about Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas, go there. You going to go there?
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, this Dallas Cowboys defense is very good. I mean, across the board, they're the fifth best against quarterbacks, fourth best against running backs, uh, seventh best against tight ends. Receivers is the only place where they're kind of weak, where they're like straight middle of the pack. And so I'm a little worried that, you know, guys are going to, you know, take a step back this week for for Philly, but not enough to like, so you're not going to start them. Like They've been playing too well. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is a is a must-start. That's not going to change, even if his stat line doesn't quite meet up to what we've seen this season. The guy I'm actually the most worried about would be Miles Sanders, just because the they're so good against running backs right now. Uh, and the Eagles still have a tendency to, you know, when the rushing game isn't happening, to completely abandon it or abandon Miles Sanders at the very least. So... That gives me some concern, but everyone else I'm still pretty much okay with.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, but I mean, God, I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. Running backs, they're so inconsistent right now. There's so few that are really good for you. Miles Sanders is still the lead back and one of the best rushing attacks in the league. And I know everything you just said with the Cowboys being really strong. I think you still got to throw him out there.
1: Yeah, I I think you do too. I'm not saying just to sit, Miles Sanders. I'm just saying like that's the one guy I'm worried about in terms of seeing like the biggest drop off in in points this week. Um, and I hate saying that because yeah, you know, you know, Miles Sanders is my boy. So, uh, yeah, I don't like saying it, but that's the one guy I'm the most concerned about this week.
0: Yeah, I think for Sanders, you, know, you would walk a thousand miles for him. And a thousand oh, yeah. miles more, hey man, or whatever that, yeah, you know, whatever that song <laughs> says. Yeah, I, I
1: mean, I am single handedly pushing a boulder up a hill for Miles Sanders. I don't care. I will die on that hill.
0: Damn, you're strong as fuck. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. So we're starting to about to Smith and Dallas Godair. Uh AJ Brown. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers that game there. Let's yep. talk about an. Another division rivalry. The Broncos are traveling to LA to play the Chargers. Chargers are five-point favorites. Over-under is 45 and a half points. This is the Monday night football game. We still haven't heard much about Latavius Murray's status for Monday night. We've been talking about it. We know once he is part of that lineup, he's just gonna be slowly chipping away at Mike Boone's share, potentially uh, Melvin Gordon's share if he keeps fumbling the ball. So would you be willing to play him if he's active? If he's not active, you roll with Mike Boone. Um,
1: Latavius, it doesn't. I mean,
0: there's been no update. So this
1: late in, this, in the week, I would think he's probably not going to play then. Um, but even if he did in his first game, I'm not going to think he's going to you know take over a bunch of shares. Uh, Mike Boone looked okay last week. Um, I'm still thinking that at least for this week, it is still Melvin Gordon, and I'm not going to really worry about trying to put anyone else into my lineup from this backfield.
0: Oh, so you're saying for people like me who won the Mike Boone sweepstakes last week that there's hope?
1: I mean, for this week, there's hope.
0: Yeah, well, one more week. We thought it would only be one game we get out of Mike Boone that we'd be willing to start him. But, you know, with this Latavius Murray uncertainty, yeah. I mean, Latavius Murray was on the
1: practice squad in New Orleans up until, you know, a week ago. So they could still be trying to get him into into some you know game playing shape
0: yeah that makes sense and to be fair this is a Monday night game you really don't want to like be waiting to hear news about a running back situation until Monday night you got to hopefully be in a better situation and be starting somebody else at running back that's gonna be playing on Sunday so you don't have to wait until Monday and then end up having someone that's on your team that you that won't even be playing and just totally fuck your starting lineup Yeah, absolutely. Um I don't think you
1: it's yeah, that's the one that's the problem about, like when you're talking about injuries or people being active on a Monday night game is it's super dicey cuz if you don't have their immediate backup on your bench to swap them out real quick, you're pretty much screwed for that position on that week.
0: Yep. And if you don't know that by now, you will learn it the hard way eventually in fantasy football. <laughs> so just just pay just pay attention to what we're saying here. So what about the receivers for the Broncos? We know Russell Wilson's really been struggling. Uh how do you feel about Jerry Judy?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Cortland's gonna be a must play. He's playing well enough even with the limited that Russ is, is throwing the ball with. Um Judy's a little more of a dicey play. Obviously, he's been very up and down this season. The Chargers, though, they're they're okay against receivers. They're not great. Um so I mean Man, I don't know. It's a toss-up. There's probably if you have a better option, then I would sit Jerry Judy. But based off where you drafted him and how your roster's probably you know set up, I don't know if you're really gonna have a better option than Jerry Judy. But if you do, please go ahead throw throw them in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's some good points. You know, the Chargers' defense is. One of the worst right now, as far as giving up yards and things like that. So I, I can see that happening. Yeah you know, and Cortland Sutton still giving you a little Sutton Sun. So yeah, you got to you got to do that. What about the Chargers side of the ball? Keenan Allen, he's been out since week one with a hamstring injury. He was seen doing individual work at practice on Wednesday. Practice limited on Thursday, so he's still considered day to day which is a pretty good sign that he will probably play on Monday night. I would say just because he has an extra day to recover. But what do you think we should do Do with Keenan Allen? I mean, we pretty much just already touched on like waiting yeah. until Monday with someone who's injured. I would totally try to avoid it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you have Keenan Allen and more than likely you're going to hear him as a game time decision, I highly doubt you. We hear you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that he's completely cleared to play. And so that's the dicey thing. So it's like, okay, if you have Keenan Allen, I would say make sure you have like a Josh Palmer on your bench in case they get swapped out. Maybe even like a Jerry Judy, who's a, you know, fringe flex player anyways. And that way you can determine between the two of them who to go in. But like, that's the problem. If you don't have one of those guys that can be an immediate replacement for Keenan Allen, if he is a game time decision, then I wouldn't risk it. Like, if you do, because if you do, whether he's your wide receiver two or your flex play, that completely ruins that position. Even if you have a double flex, like it ruins that position and you're going to probably end up losing that week.
0: Yep, I couldn't have said it better. So for the rest of the team, obviously, you're going to start Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, undeniable. Got to start him. Uh, I shouldn't say undeniable. That, I'm not going to throw that to him right that loose. Either way, you got to start Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler's he not undeniable? The number one running back in fantasy right now? He's not
1: undeniable? What?
0: Uh, it, not quite yet. I'll just say that. He, he's had... <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, how He's had like back-to-back 30 He's also game. had a... Yes, he has. And last week, he absolutely went off. But it was a rough start to the season. He started off real slow. He might become undeniable. Either way, he's obviously a must start every week, so that's undeniable. But uh, Justin Herbert was like
1: the third overall fucking player. Yeah, of course, Justin Herbert, you're playing.
0: It's not even a question. Ever since he messes ribs up, it's like it's. I don't know. I'm a little iffy about it. Ever since he messes ribs up, his, his points are lower than his you know usual average that he's been putting up ever since he started. Ever since he became a starter in the league, yeah, in I mean, the last three weeks he had yeah. two games with less than 15 points.
1: Yeah, I'm, you're still going to throw him in there. You took you used way too much draft capital to abandon Justin Herbert. Um, the ribs are going to get better with every week, so I would expect him to uh, to continue to to progress and be better. Obviously, Denver is a tough defense, but hey, look who's on the schedule after Denver: the Seahawks.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> for being a Seahawks fan, you're really just downing them. Hey, man, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not
1: blind. I see this defense or the lack of defense on this team. So, uh, yeah, I'm not stupid.
0: So you wouldn't start P.J. Walker over him? <laughs> no, I'm, <what>? kidding. <laughs> I know, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Check this one out, though. Um, Justin Herbert or Geno Smith?
1: Justin Herbert, come on.
0: I, I mean, I'm willing to say Geno Smith scores more points this week. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh are we gonna make so. are we gonna
1: make this one a bet?
0: Oh God, what do you want to bet? Mm. Let's bet a cigar.
1: Okay, we'll bet we'll bet cigars. I'll bet you a five pack of cigars.
0: Oh, geez, what kind? <laughs> the, the one, the ones, the, what the one. ones
1: I always buy the 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 Kuba Kubas.
0: The good shit. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kuba Kuba from Total Wine and More. If you're from the West Coast, get them Kuba Kubas. Real good. Um, Shit. No, let's just do one. Let's do two. Let's do two of them. (laughs) All right, two. All right, two (laughs) two Kuba Kubas. All right, I got Herbert. You got Gino. Yep. I'm not forgetting that either. All right. So um, let's talk about Joe at Everett, though. He's had a pretty good season. And last week, pretty much nowhere to be found. Only had three targets. Only caught one of them. You still think he'd be a good stream this week? I mean,
1: it's a tight end, so obviously you know it's going to be a little dicey week in and week out. But he's been pretty damn good all year. So, yeah, I think I'm still going to roll with him.
0: Yeah, I think so. If you have him on your team and you've been sticking with him, you kind of have to. So, yeah, I would agree with that. And like we said a million times in this podcast, if you don't have a good tight end or one of the best, you're pretty much just hoping you get like eight points from one of the random next 10 guys and Everett is part of that random next 10 guys in that list. So yeah, I'm yeah. totally with that. I like it. Let's see. That pretty much wraps up all the Sunday or all the late games, you know, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night football. And now comes the best part of the episode, in my opinion, our starts of the week. Yeah. Tyler, do you want to kick off our starts of the week?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh we mentioned it in the early game episode that we haven't talked about this guy a lot this year and that's pretty standard uh, his pretty his modus operandi if if you will um Kirk Cousins <laughs> just is a very consistent fantasy player um he does he like week in and week out he's always in the top 12 it doesn't matter like he just plays consistently but when he gets a good matchup he tends to take advantage of that and this week is a very very good matchup the dolphins are giving up quite a few points um, to opposing offenses. And I can, I know you're going to sit there and say that they've played a bunch of really good teams. They haven't played that many good teams. They gave 40 points up to the Jets last week. Like, that's a bad team. And that's an even worse offense. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to get his this week. I think that Kirk Cousins is a top five play.
0: Ooh, top five. Yeah. I could see it happening. Um, before the season started, I was really big on the Miami Dolphins defense, having them as one of your defenses on your fantasy team, and I was completely wrong about that. They have not been very good at all, as you just said. It's not the defense we thought it would be. So I, I could see Kirk Cousins having a good game. My start of the week at quarterback is going to be Tom Brady playing in Pittsburgh. That might seem like kind of a fluky choice, but Brady's been not as good as we thought, uh, as we hoped he would be. He's only thrown, you know, in four out of five games, he only threw one touchdown. I think that's all going to change this week. Pittsburgh just got absolutely torched by Josh Allen last week. They're allowing an average of three hundred yards and two touchdowns to quarterbacks. So I think Tom Brady is a pretty good chance to have multiple touchdowns and finally get the ball rolling. So I love me some Brady in Pittsburgh
1: yeah I like that I mean it certainly helps that he's continues just to throw the ball more week one 27 attempts week two 34 42 in week three and in the last two weeks 52 attempts so I don't know I mean it's not that the game script has needed him to throw that much they're just kind of abandoning the run game right now so Tom's gonna continue to to play pretty well um if he you know gets an uptick in touchdowns watch out
0: and he's reportedly single now. He hasn't deal with all that blah, 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 blah at home. So he's probably feeling pretty good about himself. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> all right. So the folks already know my start of the week at running backs. Why don't you go ahead and give them yours?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Just in case they weren't paying attention, your start of the week was Brian Robinson versus the Bears. Yep. Pretty solid. He had twelve points. That'll probably put him in the top. 20 for running backs that's how bad running yeah. backs have been this year yeah so. i
1: mean it wasn't the, the the game i expected him to have but it was a decent game and probably better than what a lot of people expected from him. seeing you know it's only a second came back from imitating 50 cent
0: oh yeah before i say mine i'll just say when they were on the goal line and i saw him in the game i was like oh god just please please just do it so we can be right about this <laughs> <laughs> so my running back started the week is going to be Tom Brady's former teammate, Ramondre Stevenson playing in Cleveland against the Browns. We saw last week that Damian Harris uh was injured and Ramondre absolutely dominated the backfield for the Patriots, also dominated the Lions defense, had 161 yards, six and a half uh yards per carry. Detroit is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. And that's or who he ever. tore up last week. And yeah <laughs> yeah historically bad too. And this week he's playing Cleveland, who is also one of the worst rush defenses in the league. They're allowing 124 yards a game, almost six yards a carry, over one touchdown a game to you know on the season so far. And just in the last two weeks, they allowed over 400 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So Damian Harris is still recovering from that hamstring injury, even if Damian Harris does play, even though earlier this week they were saying he might miss a couple weeks. I still think Ramondre's in line for a Real solid amount of work against, you know, one of the worst run defenses in the league. So he's a real good play this week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just to give another update on Damian Harris, he did practice limitedly again today. But of the team's official site, uh, Evan Lazar, or Laser maybe, um, that was suggesting even today that he could miss uh, some time with a hamstring injury and that his stats for Sunday's game against the Browns is looking cloudy. So we'll we will know more tomorrow um, when the official injury reports come out for the weekend. But um, yeah, I think if Ramondre if Harris is out, Ramondre is an amazing play. And even if Harris is in, he'll probably be very limited. So Ramondre is still a very very good play. Even if Harris does see the field a
0: little bit, I got that guy's last name was Laser. The Patriots are what's going on up there? They're getting like electric. They got Laser writing shit for him. They got Zap <laughs> Zappy. That quarterback <laughs> <laughs> you know there, there's a theme going on yeah it, it's shocking i'll just say
1: that <laughs> <laughs> oh man and that's why you're the only dad on the family or on the on the cast you got, you got them dad jokes coming all day <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go ahead and move over to uh the receivers and oddly enough i'm going back to the to, to the Kirkwell i'm going with with good old Christian Kirk um, uh, for yeah, play, playing the Colts this week, and I understand the Colts have been really good against receivers so far this season. Um, I think you mentioned it in the last episode; they haven't given up a receiving touchdown yet this year. No, wait, have or the only two they did give up were two. Uh, Christian Kirk, and that's why I'm going back yep. to this. Well, I mean, they just played a few weeks ago, and Christian Kirk lit him up for catching all six targets for 78 yards and two touchdowns. So I think Kirk probably has their number and. You know, they need a little bit of a pick-me-up after Trevor Lawrence has struggled the last couple of weeks, and I think that happens in both ways. So Kirk, I think, is going to be a very, very good play this week for you.
0: Wasn't that also Trevor Lawrence's best game of the year? It was it against the Colts, or am I like, remembering that wrong?
1: Um, probably up there. It wasn't oh, his no. best game. It was... it was his second
0: best. Yeah. He then lit up the Chargers way. the following week. Yeah, fuck the Chargers. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good starter receiver. I like that one for sure. It, it would be nice to see if he does have their number just so we could rely on that for next year. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, this guy just tears up against the Colts.
1: <laughs> I mean, the Jags
0: usually do for whatever reason,
1: they got the Colts number.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Three times in a row. That would be really fun to see. <laughs> Jim Ursay is going to absolutely lose his mind. <laughs> so my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Chris Godwin. And Pittsburgh against the Steelers. I'm stacking him and Brady together. Got a little bit of a theme. You got, you know, Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, Christian Kirk as your wide receiver. I'm kind of stacking my quarterback and wide receiver. No name similarity. But, you know, not only is Pittsburgh horrible against quarterbacks, they're also horrible against receivers. They even allowed, you know, New England earlier this year to have two double digit fantasy receivers. So I think it's pretty (laughs) likely that (laughs) because. You know, Mike Evans is obviously going to have a good game, I would say. And it's pretty likely Chris Godwin also has a good game. And, you know, th- this defense is leaky enough to allow that to happen. And I know Chris Godwin, he's dealing with some nagging injuries, but, you know, so are so is Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Rashad Perriman. Uh, there's another receiver on their team who I have never heard of in my life who's also dealing with injuries. So <laughs> it basically leaves Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller. So I, I think this is a really good chance for him to have a good game. Just assuming he does take the field, which right now it looks very likely.
1: Yeah, he, he should play. They he got a veteran rest day today, as you know many guys do. So um, he should be fine. Um, but no, I like it. I mean, Chris Godwin's going to have a breakout game and this very well could be it.
0: Should they need him to play? Their whole wide receiver room is injured. Not saying <laughs> Julio bad. Russell and Bre- <laughs> like, those guys out of like Julio Russell and Brashad Perriman, you know, they're probably likely to play. But if all those guys are hobbled, hopefully Chris Godwin is the least hobbled.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, all right. So let's move over to the tight ends. I am I mean, this might be kind of chalky because of the name, but it's not chalky because of the way he's playing this year. Uh, I'm going with George Kittle. I mean, let's be honest about it. George Kittle has been damn right, just awful th- so far this season. It's been bad. Um, he hasn't, he's been in there for three games, hasn't done diddly squat. Um, I, I mean, I, there's, I don't know. I I mean could go much worse than that if, you, you know, I try to keep a PG here a little bit. I don't know why I just am, but he hasn't scored more than four points in a game so far this season. So, I mean, at this point, I think he's desperate. He's desperate to get into a game and impact, you know, a winning game. And no, I think that Kyle Shanahan is also desperate to get him involved in, the, in his game plans. And there's not a better week to do it than against the Falcons, who are giving up more than 14 points a game to the position. It's the fourth worst in the league. This is the week Kittle gets it right, gives you a top five performance, and you will finally feel good for drafting him in the fifth round.
0: You're getting psychological. A lot of desperation in San Francisco right now.
1: Hey, I said the same thing about the Bengals and Joe Burrow in week three, and
0: goddammit, it worked. Man. Hey, you just know how to read these guys' minds. Hopefully it works out for you. You know, getting psychological, it's a risky take, but if it's working for you, then it's working. (laughs) My tight end start of the week is going to be Zach Ertz playing in Seattle against the Seahawks. Seahawks have been getting exposed pretty much by every single position, but they really get exposed by elite tight ends. They've allowed 14 catches, 288 yards, and two touchdowns to just Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson. Now it's in back-to-back weeks, so they are just getting absolutely torched by tight ends right now. And Ertz, it, you know, this might also be a chalky pick, but it, it's so hard to really choose tight ends at this point. So we got to go with guys that we know are going to have good games. And he's already seeing great usage. He has 37 targets and 26 catches in the last four weeks. The yardage hasn't really been there, but the amount of work, yeah, you know, and playing against Seattle, they're allowing 90 yards per game to tight ends. I think he finally. He's pretty likely to break the hundred yard mark, I would say, this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you. You know, you know why I really like that pick.
0: <laughs> why is that?
1: Because they're playing the Seahawks.
0: <laughs> God damn, you're just <laughs> killing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got to ride that train until it comes off the rails, though, man. Because they, until they prove that they can shut something down, any oh, kind shit. of position.
1: Man, that that train's going to be rolling all the way until the middle of January when they get kicked out of the playoffs. Or when they, yeah, the playoffs start, I mean.
0: Have you ever seen Snowpiercer? That train's never going to stop. The world's going to end. The train will still be going. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen that show, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've also seen
1: both movies. Both of them are very good.
0: Oh, yeah, the movies. I haven't seen the show. But either way, you get the point. The world will be ending or it's over, and the train will still be going around the fucking world. So, yeah, I'm all about that. Um, That's most of our starts of the week, but I will wrap it all up with me, a.k.a. Stinky's defenses of the week. I only have two this week. Usually I come at you with like three or four, but I mean, there's a couple obvious ones. Like, yeah, you want to play the Rams, you want to play the 49ers, but those are all teams you're not going to be able to get a hold of through waiver wire or anything like that. Obviously, you want to play the Buccaneers that are starting are going against the Steelers, who are you know they're starting Kenny Pickett, all that stuff. It doesn't really need to be said. So my defenses of the week, I only got two of them. Uh, my first one's going to be the Jaguars playing in Indianapolis. You want to start the Jaguars defense because they continue to be a pretty solid defense, and for whatever reason, the Colts are giving up the second most points of defenses. Pretty quietly, no one's really talking about how their offense is pretty shabby right now they're fumbling two point times a game throwing you know over one pick a game this the the Colts just turn the ball over consistently and Jacksonville is really good at forcing turnovers so you got to roll with the Jaguars defense they're available I would say probably 30 percent of leagues it's pretty low chance you can get them but if you can definitely get them and my second one you should be able to get this team is the Vikings playing in Miami against the Dolphins the Vikings are not a special defense, but all you need to know is that Miami's playing their third string quarterback. There's really no other convincing that I need to do. Yeah, he's a rookie uh, seventh round pick, right?
1: I mean, I don't really remember what draft or round he's picked in because I've literally never heard of him until I said that he was getting started. So that should tell you all you need to know.
0: And his name is Skyler. So that's that should also <laughs> drive my point home. So <laughs> name not, one good footballer named Skyler name one you can't uh, I mean take off the S there is Kyler Murray yeah
1: that's I said, it said Skyler
0: what Keep Sky more I'm kidding oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a little dicey I right know, now man <laughs> so yeah those are my defensive starts of the week the Jaguars and the Vikings defense I think that pretty much rounds out this episode for us here. Is there anything else that you would like to bring up, man?
1: No, not at all. Uh, Good luck this weekend. Hopefully, we helped you out a little bit, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if there's anything you'd like to ask us as far as your lineup questions, things like that, who you should be starting, maybe guys that you want to fill in for your bye week players that players are on bye, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. If you do find us on Twitter, make sure you follow us um also whatever you listen to on right now if you haven't done it already like and subscribe and if you're feeling frisky which i know you are at this point five stars that's all we're taking rate us five stars and i think that's all we got for you so uh we'll see you on tuesday with our waiver wire episode good luck this weekend bye